welcome back to Judging Book Covers Podcast, your bi-weekly book club podcast where we are reading to survive 2020. I am Megan Griffin, and as always, I am joined by my amazing co-host, Stephanie Cortez. How are you doing, Stephanie? I'm good. I'm loving that very accurate uh, <laughs> intro. <laughs> At I this mean, point, technically, we're still on challenges for the most part. We may have sure. tweaked some of the challenges to fit what we want. But you know what? This is our podcast. We can do what we want. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and what we want is to read books by authors that we really, really like. Yes. Yes. <sighs> but before we talk about this week's book, we were supposed to read between the last two weeks. Did you read what you were supposed to read? I started it. But I did okay. not finish it. So I feel that. Got a little spoiler alert for what I'll be reading next because I do want to finish it because it, um, I started cast and it was really, I I definitely want to finish it. I'm, I I'm really liking yeah. it so far because I told George um, that like it's, she's, she's examining different caste systems like India, Nazi Germany. So obviously it's like we're looking at history, right? But right. to me, it doesn't read like a boring ass text history book. That's what I've heard about it. So. Like- I'm like all the good it. I've heard about it is yeah. that it flows really, really well. Yes, I mean it's, it's a little hard, like flashing back to 2016, but you know, true. We gotta, we gotta, rec- we got, we can't avoid that. We gotta, we gotta recognize right. that. So, but I really like her style. So, yep. Hopefully, hopefully, in the next nine weeks, we can at least take a little bit of a deep breath and release, and then be like, all right, <sighs> check one box. What's the next box to go and work on? Yeah. How about you? What were you going to read? <laughs> so I was going to finish The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. Oh, yeah. Which I still haven't done. <laughs> However, I did actually read a good bit of it. Um, I'm about 300 pages into it now. Okay. Um, and it is, I'm realizing why it's hard to read. It is very, it is different from her other books, which okay. I, are very action-packed and move quickly. This is a little bit more... Purple prose, I guess, is the best way to describe it. It is beautiful. It is, in a way, dense. And it jumps around in timelines, which is not Mm. new for her, but Mm -hmm. in such a way that it is really, like, hitting into my inability to focus too long on things. Gotcha. Um, But it did hit a point. I am getting through it a little bit quicker. It is. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm really still enjoying it. Good. Um, It's just hard in some ways. But I did finish The Midnight Library, which was the other book that I was talking about (laughs) last week, and sobbed. No. (laughs) It is very good. Um, And if you are terrified of what opportunities you've missed in life, um, and, like, in some ways having – for me, it is not knowing what I should regret, I think, is my biggest fear. Um. It, it really triggers into that. Just mm. like a heads up. Gotcha. But Carrie Mulligan does the audiobook, and Man, <laughs> I really love Carrie Mulligan. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And, and, and I'm, I've been reading this Afterlife series by Mer Lafferty for three or four months now. And mm-hmm. finished another book in that. Like, that's just like my slowly moving series where I'm like, oh, yeah, there's six books in this. I've now finished four. Cool. Mm-hmm. We'll go to the next two <laughs> eventually. Yeah. So I'm reading. I just, apparently this is like my saga now. Gotcha. (laughs) Oh, but I did read for the podcast, despite having a little bit of struggle with Book of the Month this this time around. Has it arrived yet? 
It has arrived. <laughs> okay. It arrived yesterday between 10.30 and 2.30. Oh, my God. I just didn't get home until 8 o'clock. So, Still, um, though. Yeah. I, when, so I, I'm assuming that it's because of, like, the election ballots and things like that. Mm-hmm. Mine got super delayed in yeah. South Georgia. Um, and there was a big part of me that was like, I'm going to call. I'm going to call. And I was like, I'm just going to wait. This is not anybody's fault or anything like that. But then I was like, I need to get it in another format mm. to prepare for the fact that this book, even though it's 300 pages, it's going to come so late that I'm not going to be able to get it done quickly. Yeah. And so I did do that, thankfully, um, and did finish it. <laughs> good. <laughs> Goodness. When did, did yours come at a good time? I mean, it came a lot later than it usually does, but it arrived, mm-hmm. I want to say, last Monday or Tuesday. Oh, okay. Monday? One of the two. But it was still later than right. I was expecting, and I assumed the same as you, that it was because of ballots and stuff, which yeah. are more important. But I was also Very like, so. I need to get this in time. <laughs> yeah, I know. Part of me was like, why do we do this? But no. yeah. I know, like the one time we pick one, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, hmm, the mail's going to mess with you. <laughs> Yeah, I think next time if we if there's something we at least push it back an episode. Yeah, <laughs> excuse me, <laughs> just to um, be sure. Yeah, but for anybody who didn't listen to last week, this week we read Memorial by oh my god, I'm totally blanking on his name, Brian Washington. Brian Washington, <laughs> because the main character's name is Benson. I was yes. like, I know it's a B. Right? Holy crap! It's not Ben though. <laughs> oh, it is not Ben. Um, by Brian Washington. It is his first published fiction book and we did read his um short story collection earlier this year lot yes. um which i actually saw on the shelf in a nice. bookstore the other day and super debated picking up a copy mm. um what did you think oh man i <laughs> this was a <laughs> lot start there also okay he's like 27 yes it is insane like Good for him. Um, I really did enjoy it. It was very, like. <sighs> it's heavy. Okay. It is heavy. So. So first, what we're going to try to do, like, non-spoilery stuff and then dive yes. into spoilers. Okay. Yeah. So, I feel like because this book is still so new, um, we are going to have to. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's not not it's not spoilery to say it says it on the book jacket that um, this couple, Mike and Benson, uh, Mike's mom comes to visit from Japan. And then literally like the day later, a day later, Mike flies back to Japan by himself to, to um, spend time with his estranged father because his dad's dying. And then his boyfriend and his mom, who have never met, are just yeah. on their own. I was like prepared to be super annoyed with and to like really hate Mike for that because I would personally hate that <laughs> if I right. were in that situation. Um, but I really liked how um, the author gave us the time to see things from Benson's point of view. But then we also get Mike's point of view and it made me soften up on him a little bit. <laughs> like, yeah, I I'm, was not expecting to get Mike's point of yeah. view, uh, even though uh, I did start this in audiobook. Um and knew that there were multiple narrators, but I assumed that, like, Brian Washington just was, like, going to read, I don't know, something in it, but mm-hmm. not be Benson. Mm-hmm. Um, which, like, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> just came as such a surprise. It was yeah. like, oh, we're going to get to hear Mike's side of the story now. Yeah. So that was really cool. Yeah. Um, I also really li- like... The way he weaves in their memories of like growing up or their relationship, either way, it's very, it felt very 
It just felt like very real, like the way a memory will just suddenly pop into your head about your childhood yes. or you do something and it, it makes you remember like, oh, I used to do this in my last relationship or in this relationship, whatever. Yeah. Um, there's just there, there was just something very real about this writing. Like our characters are not perfect. None of them are perfect. They're all very human with their with their mm-hmm. very human flaws. Yeah, it is. um I don't know. It's just it, it, like all I could feel the whole time as I read it up until like even ending it. I was like, man, I just feel heavy. Yes. Like the weight of this relationship yeah. and <clears throat> essentially all the relationships in the book mm-hmm. are just they're very real. Um, part of me was like, oh, I really understand what they're kind of or like feel what they're going through right now. And just and then like. The whole family discussion and just like thinking of my own father and oh. yeah because like we learn i mean it's, it's again it says it on the book jacket but we can feel very early on that benson and mike they seem to be on the outs like this relationship seems to have possibly run its course um they don't they're not really great at communicating not so and then to like throw this craziness in the mix where one of them leaves, they're still like together. They haven't mm-hmm. broken up. Um, he's flying away. And then Ben's Ben's just stuck with his boyfriend who he's not really getting along with that great anymore. His mother, you know, <laughs> <laughs> who's never met him. Like, Oh God. Yeah. Like when we meet his mother and get her kind of like, flipping out in the car mm-hmm. not in english mm-hmm. so we don't really know what is causing her to flip out and i'm like mm-hmm. did she not know he was gay does she not know his boyfriend was black like, yeah, like or is that the news of hi i just picked you up but i'm leaving to go take care of dad who you i think they're divorced right or they separated oh god um i, I want to say separated yeah, I don't think they ever actually fully got divorced, but they no, have been separated so for since Mike was like 11, basically. Yes. Um, but he's like, I'm going to go with dad. Maybe that's what because that would make anyone flip out. Yes. <laughs> like and also she hasn't seen her son in years. Also, it's been quite a while since they've seen each other, too, is the other thing. Right. Right. Like, yeah, she moved back to Japan and I. hmm. I'm not entirely certain this is the first time since, but it's definitely been a while. while. Yeah, it's been at least four years because they, him and Benson have been together for four years and he's never met her. So I'd say at least four years. I really like that um, Benson and Mike don't really ever describe each other, like physically. Mm -hmm. Um, That like, it's one of those things where it's like, this person is such a staple in my life that I don't feel the need to like think about how they physically look right because like they're i mean we kind of find out that mike's japanese because his mother starts speaking japanese yes because we don't mike is also not his birth name and we never get to find out what his birth name is right yeah um Um, we do get one snippet but it's in mike's perspective uh, or his section uh i guess it sounds like he's 
a little bit bigger and people yes. like when he brings guys home or goes home with guys when his shirt comes off they he says a lot of them will pause and like look at him you know yeah but that's his own description like he like but like he said benson doesn't describe him he doesn't describe mike really like yeah yeah like i think it's within that first chapter when mm-hmm. we switch to mike's perspective where he's like I really love food and have mm-hmm. been expanding or something like that. And I was like, oh, okay, Mike's a bigger guy. Cool. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, but it's really not. And especially the way that Benson kind of talks about him and mm-hmm. how um, I, there's even, a, I think, a comment of, like, stereotypically gay, like, and, and kind of, you know, wanting to sleep around and – that he easily attracts other men and things like that. Like the image that I get is, is someone who is not the image that Mike portrays of himself. Hmm. So yeah. it's, it's definitely fascinating. Yeah. Um, I just genuinely love like the look at their own family lives mm-hmm. and how that bled into their own relationship. Yep. And, and how, there's never, like, a justification. Yeah. Yeah. And, how like, also, too, just, like, the power of your parents, really? Like, because Mike mm-hmm. has, his dad left when he, I think when he was 11. He was a young child. His dad yes. goes back to Japan. That's lo- the last time he sees him. He doesn't talk to him. Fast forward however many years later. I actually don't know how old Mike is. Now that I'm saying I don't that. know how old either of them really are. Yeah. But let's see. He's at least in his 20s, maybe 30s. Yeah. And it's been a very long time. And he gets news that his dad is dying and he immediately goes to Japan. Yeah. Like he doesn't really. Maybe he just did it out of that like sense of duty. Like, oh, I have to. I'm the only kid. And it's it's my only father. And he's right. dying. Like, I need to be there for him. But he still did it. Like, he could have said, fuck that. I'm not doing that. I haven't. T- that man hasn't talked to me in how many years. I'm not going to do it. But there's just definitely something about the pull of your parents. And we also get to see it with Benson. Um, mm-hmm. To not get too spoilery yet. Just his relationship with his dad is not great. Uh, and... There's a time where his dad in the book, a couple times really in the book, where his dad needs some help and he does go do it begrudgingly, mm-hmm. doesn't want to do it, but he still does it. Right. Yeah. No, I think, yeah, it's, it's, and he's not an only child. He has an older right. sister. Right. Um, and it's still, and his parents are also, well, they're officially divorced. Yes. Um, Mom's remarried. Yes. And even has a couple kids. kids of her own. So, yep. And, yeah, it's just, it's an interesting perspective of similar yet not quite similar family dynamics. Right. That are, that are kind of progressive similarly. Um, I also really love both of their jobs. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, Mike is a cook in just kind of like a local Mexican, no, it is a Chinese restaurant. Japanese, I, I don't remember, but the the comment that I remember is, unless Mike is making your food, then it's really Mexicans making it and it's Mexican food uh, or something like that. Yeah. And um, that made me laugh. Mm-hmm. And then Benson um, works in a daycare. Yes. Which I just was like, and, it, and it's not like in a holdover kind of way of like, I'm doing this until this or right. I started this 
waiting for this and still do it. Like, this is what he does. Right. And there's a there's something where he says that basically he was the one who was supposed to be working on the paperwork, but he's yes. the one that the kids really like cling yes. to. Like they really like him. <laughs> like especially there's that one child, Ahmad, whose parents are divorcing, and he's a ch- like he's a kid. Kids don't adults can't sometimes, but kids can't <laughs> fully express themselves about how they're feeling about such a big change like that. And Ben's like he's there for him. You know, yeah. I love that. And yeah, I think that was like the stories and the daycare might have been one of my favorite parts of this. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think of the cover? Oh, yes. The cover. So it's this very pretty blue mm-hmm. memorial and Brian Washington are in yellow. And then we've got the chopsticks. For just if you look at it from far away, it looks like a white flag. Yes. Um, when you look closer, it's chopsticks, and the flag part, the cloth, is really a plastic bag. Yes. I loved the chopsticks. So, George and I had been watching a lot of Ugly Delicious, which is have okay. you watched Ugly Delicious? No, but someone else has told me that I need to. It's so good. Um, it's I swear, Samine. Because, you know, first name basis. Samin mentions David Chang in either her thing or it, maybe it was in, in her docuseries. Or maybe it was in her podcast. But that's what pulled me in. Mm-hmm. And there's um, like this one episode where he's at his mom's house cooking. I think it's the Thanksgiving episode where they're like cooking and they're using chopsticks. And I'm like, I need to learn. Like whenever I order sushi, sushi it comes with chopsticks. Like I want to learn how to hold these correctly because I know I'm doing mm-hmm. it wrong. Um, so I really liked that because Mike's Japanese. Of course, he would have chopsticks in his kitchen. And because Benson lives with him, he also uses them to like the point where yeah. when he goes to his dad's house at one point, he's looking for chopsticks in the kitchen to like, cause of something <laughs> that his dad's going to eat that he eat. I think maybe it's something that he makes for his father. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I also, the symbol of the white flag. Are we throwing it? Are we throwing in the towel on the relationship? Yes. What are we doing? I'm leaving to Japan, but what are we doing? <laughs> right. Um. Yeah, what do you think? I like the cover. I the, did the same process of just like I kept seeing it as a white flag, as a white flag, and mm-hmm. then um, finally getting my book and looking at it and seeing that oh. it is a plastic bag and mm-hmm. chopsticks and um, all that that kind of represents and how mm-hmm. important food is in this book. Yes, which I love. Yes, love, love, loved. Um. Also, plastic bags are, like, on their way out. So I have, like, a bag of plastic bags. And I have, like, for my little, like, trash can in the bathroom or for random things. I, like, don't have any left. The ones I have left are giant ones of, like, big shopping trips to Kohl's. Like, because I keep getting paper bags. Like, they're gone here for the most part. (laughs) The plastic ones are basically gone for most of the stores here. Yeah. Living in New York, like, in March 1st, they were supposed to be gone. And then COVID happened. They're like, we'll give you till June. And, yeah, by June, they were gone. Ah. Up in Massachusetts, I forgot that they were getting rid of them. And then I remember or getting rid of or I don't they're not fully they haven't fully gotten rid of them because when I went to get food like outside of my building once, I remember they're like, oh, do you want a bag? And I said, sure. And it was like 10 cents for the plastic bag. Yes. They're so trying to curb the use of them. Right. Yeah. Such a mess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, going back to that, their food is very 
very important. That is one of the things we see Benson doing for his dad. Again, he didn't want to do it, didn't want to go help him, but he did and made him food as part of, you know, the things that he was doing. Um, Same thing that we see Mike doing for his dad as well, making him meals. Um, Right. I don't know how much the next thing I want to say is like too spoilery. (laughs) Um, You know what? We're going to take a quick break and we'll um, drop in a preview here of another great uh, podcast you should go listen to on our network. And when we come back, we are going to be talking spoilers because really there's it's really hard to talk about this book without getting into the nitty gritty. Like this is such a character driven book. So, yeah, if you've read it, join us after the break. We've made difficult decisions. And there are still more ahead of us. Two people aren't enough to save the galaxy. We need the toughest. Smartest. Deadliest allies. We need you. We need you to join us. And listen to Reignite. A certain point of view podcast about storytelling. Love. And Mass Effect. Join us every other Thursday as we fight for the fate of an entire galaxy. You can find us everywhere you get your podcasts. Or at certainpov.com slash reignite. We're counting on you. We should go. Okay. So let's get into this. (laughs) Sticking with the food being important, my favorite thing through the whole book was how Mike's mom... um, uh, Mitsuko, I yes, that's how you say it. And Benson basically start to bond over food. That was like angel singing. Like I was so happy about that. Like, and it was kind of begrudging because she was not happy about being left alone with a stranger, right? When like, her I'm son sorry. is gone, <laughs> you just traveled how far for your son right. to like fucking turn around and go to your like estranged husband, ex husband, mm-hmm. whatever. Who he hasn't, oh, yeah, no, yep. I got a lot of feelings about that. But, yeah, I love the fact that, like, I guess she picks up on that he doesn't cook. He does not. And <laughs> I think he admits like, it, basically, because yeah. Mike does all the cooking. And she's like, no, I'm sorry. And I love when she's like, you know how to cook a chicken, right? And he's like, what do you, what do you mean? Like, boil it? Fry it? And she's, she's like, like, no. <laughs> and he's like, so fry And she's like, oh, for the love of God, no. And then she's like, whatcha, whatcha? Huh. Yeah. And all the chickens broken up and like seasoned and in a pan and i was like oh i just want to go cook now yes like i think shortly after she arrives she buys like nine cookbooks from he doesn't know where and she's like we're gonna start with the basics yes and like she he she actually like makes him cut stuff up she may recut things or cut things more yes um and makes him make food with her yeah and i love that um She's, like, looking for these ingredients that are, like, part of what she uses to Mm -hmm. cook. And, like, expecting, I guess, just, like, probably just trying to start a fight. Just, like, looking a way to get this anger out. Like, Mm -hmm. it's it's understandable. And he's, like, oh, yeah, I know where we can get that. And she's, like, you know what this is? Right. He's, he's like, yeah, like, your son's been cooking for me for four years. Like, yeah. But even to the point he's, like, hey, Mike, Mike, like. This is what she's asking for, right? Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> like I think by the end she is my favorite character. Yeah. Yeah. I love how um at the end 
after Mike comes back and the his, Benson's family shows up as like a oh my God. very big surprise. Um, so they, Mike and Benson actually end up making dinner for everyone. And Mike was surprised that Ben knew how to cook now. Um, mm-hmm. But that when he serves the food, Mitsuko like winks at him when she's eating the part that he made. Yes. And I was like, ah! yes. <laughs> warmed my heart. Yeah, it's um, when I got this book, like I, I, as if you've listened before, I don't really read the backs or necessarily <laughs> always read the descriptions or like remember them like mm-hmm. and go into a book with like the perspective that I have. And like what had ingrained in me osmosis wise was like I knew it was about a couple and that part one of the half the couple went away and he got a roommate and I guess I thought it was like a romantic relationship building between the two like I don't I I expected (laughs) this to be like another guy's gonna move in and I just kind of really love this dynamic Mm -hmm. of in some ways she's kind of what our stereotypical Japanese older women are and in other ways she's really not yeah and I love that so much yeah oh so good and, like, the way that it starts where he's like, does your mom speak, Jap- J- speak Japanese? And Mike's like, fuck you. Like, what is this? And, uh. oh. when he asks if, he's, if she speaks English. Yes. Yeah, yes. sorry. That's what I meant. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. Because they she lived here for a number of years. Yes. She left back to Japan when he was 19. So they were here for a long, she was here for a long time before right. she went back home. I also yeah. really liked, so the concept of family and not just being the people you're related to, but the family that Mm -hmm. you make. And I feel like we saw that mostly in Japan in Mike's section, or really like powerfully in Mike's section in Japan at his dad's bar. Um, I agree. He's got that series of regulars who come in all the time. There's like the three guys that work at the same office building who actually met each other in the bar and then discovered they worked in the same gigantic building. Uh, two women who bonded because they were both one was celebrating the end of a relationship one night while at the same time the other was crying about <laughs> the end of yes. a relationship. And then one of I don't quite know how to say Mike's dad's name. Eju? Uh, Aju. Aju. Because um, I kept hearing AJ. That's why. Ah, uh, okay. Aju. Uh, Aju? Yes. Thank you. Aju, a friend of his from like when he was a kid, like his first night back in Japan when he left when Mike was a kid, he was at her brother's house. Yes. Um, none of the... <sighs> Iju hasn't told them that he is sick and that he's dying, but they kind of know. Right. They definitely know. Um, he also point- hasn't told them that he has a kid. Right. But they also can tell who Mike is. Right. <laughs> he does also have this, um, a son-like figure in the guy who comes to the bar to help him, Kunihiko. Mm-hmm. Um, that I thought was very interesting. Like the sort of like the dueling sons. You're the real one. I'm not the real one. Yeah. That but was... I've been here with him forever with dad, dad in air quotes forever. It's really hard to read mm-hmm. this because I don't have the best relationship with my father. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I know plenty of people that don't and like, these parents make a lot of mistakes in both families. Mm-hmm. Benson's mm-hmm. family basically throws him out when they find out he's HIV positive yeah. and like want nothing to do with him in some ways. But then it's also like, you need to go take care of your dad. Right. That threw you out on the street. 
What? Right. Right. Because basically that was, as he put it, they weren't cool with him being gay, but they could avoid talking about it. And yes. to them, that diagnosis was like, now we have to talk about it. We're not talking about it. Get out. Yes. And both the dads are um, physically abusive. And both of them just like can't communicate. And it's mm-hmm. it's a lot. <laughs> yep. And I the hardest part of reading this for me is like the whole it's kind of like feeling that even though your parents kind of were terrible to you in many different ways that you have to like help them in their old I don't know it was like forgive your parents for being a people but I'm like it's such a thin line for me mm-hmm. between like the victim being the stronger person. You be the bigger person. That whole conversation. I'm so goddamn tired of that. Uh, you <laughs> I and me both. can't even tell you. But it is, a, it's, it's exactly what is going on right now is a yeah. similar vibe of just like, mm-hmm. no, they need to take ownership in the fact that they fucked up first. Yes. Yes. And I, it's hard. This, right. That for me was, I, I felt a lot in Mike and Benson's relationship mm-hmm. that I could relate to. But it was this, like, pull between family, um, I was about to say family requirements, and that's not exactly the word I'm looking for. Like, duty, responsibilities. Yeah, to your family versus, Mm -hmm. like, no, it's cool to, you know, your family abused you in some way or, like, fucked you over when you needed them the most. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do that. So, yeah. Right. That was what got me the hardest. Yeah. It's just, it, because like for Mike, his dad's dying. So it's mm-hmm. really, do I do this or do I not do it? What if I regret it if I don't right. at least go? I do think that was definitely part of a sense of like requirement, family duty, because towards the end, there's a part where um, after he comes back, his dad has died. He's basically left him the bar. Um, and he feels like he should take it. Mitsuko says something to Ben's like, you need to talk to my son because then maybe he won't do the thing that he thinks he has to just because he thinks he has to. Like, you don't have to do these things like just because you're related to someone, just because it's your parents. Like, you don't have to. And Um, also understanding that, like, there's nothing she can say to get him to, you know. Like she understands her place and mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. his decision making. Right, right. Um, but I love that. Like, so his dad's been gone forever. We don't really know anything about his dad. We do get to see the memories, though, the mm-hmm. like happy memories that he has of his dad before his dad left back to Japan. Of them like horsing around, playing around, like at home. Yeah. Like that was really touching because there's usually some good with the bad and we got to yeah. also see some good which was nice I am, I am glad that was included yeah um but it was so it was, it was also kind of nice like his dad basically kind of created his own family with the the regulars at his bar mm-hmm. where even though he didn't tell them they were sick they could totally tell because people pick up on things and then there's a period where he doesn't go in for quite a while like at least mm-hmm. a few days and when he comes back everyone's like he's back and they're toasting him and just joking around and like it's fine and then when things get too bad for him to work they they come to the apartment on yeah. different nights which was very touching 
yeah, it's, I mean, he definitely has a community and it's, it's really good. Mm-hmm. I also really like, um, I feel like, um, kind of the stereotype or, and, and I don't, I don't know how realistic this is because I don't know a lot of, um, Asian people that are queer and, but I, like the understanding I have from media and stuff is that like, it's actually like harder um, and they're more likely to get disowned. Mm. And I don't know how real that is. We get some sense of it from Eju's distributor. Yes. Um, he brings Mike there to meet the distributor Hikaru and his mm-hmm. son Sora. And so the two dads are basically doing their thing and the two sons are the ones loading up the truck or the car with everything. Right. And they have a conversation where Sora's basically like, yeah, my dad wants me to like take more initiative and talk to clients, but then he always jumps in so I can't. And he also wants me to like get married and have a family before he passes the business on to me. Right. And that's not gonna happen and so Mike picks up on the why because he's gay and so he's like I mean you still could have kids and he's like really (laughs) or I think that's I think that's that interaction yeah um oh no that's when he's talking to his dad yeah dad tells him like that's not thinks his son is gay and he's like well they could still he could still have a kid he could still get married and have a kid and he's like no we don't that's not how it's done yeah yeah um but I do appreciate the fact that like this wasn't a story of Mike going to help his dad and then his dad being like, no, you're gay. Get away from me kind of mm-hmm. thing. Like, I, I'm really glad it didn't go that route. I was a little yeah. worried. Yeah. Like, both of his parents are kind of like, whatever. Yeah. His parents. So when we get that flashback of his mom sitting him down saying, I'm moving back to Japan. And she basically says she'd like for him to go and he doesn't go. He still feels abandoned by her. Mm-hmm. And then I had some, I was wondering about his parents and how things ended when he first gets to, when Mike first gets to Japan, he's talking to his dad and his dad tells him about the bar and that he named it after his wife. Yeah. And I was like, that's interesting. Why would you name it after the person, one of the two people you abandoned? Mm-hmm. I think for me, one of the most heartbreaking things was when we find out that they were supposed to follow him back to Japan. Dad yeah. went first and then they were. But I'm also just like, but then why wouldn't he have said an appropriate goodbye to his son? <laughs> but Because you know, it ab- probably was supposed to be quick. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. no, I agree. But oh, that was hard that was really hard and that she basically said that let's say you're on to something with that and i'm the monster who broke up our family and i would be the one who would have to live with that but it i if it happened i did it because we i believed in you and me more than who i thought your father could be right in japan that i believed in us here and that was like because to find out that so much time has gone by and it's been a lie mm-hmm. and you've essentially lost all of those years with one of your parents because of the lie. Right. Oh, God. <clears throat> it's hard. A lot of this is hard. And yeah. just it's like it, it was kind of refreshing mm-hmm. as someone who uh, has divorced parents and mm-hmm. just like I think all of us when our parents get divorced 
pick a side if we're old enough, you know, to remember it or anything. And even then, like at some point, you probably pick a side just for a little while or something like that. Or, you know, you eventually come to terms with it and everything. So few people have a good divorce like my mom and stepdad do where it's like, no, you guys are really cool. Like, you just couldn't do marriage and, like, Mm -hmm. that's fine. Like, they're strange. Um, But just as, like, a nice reminder that, like, both sides are human and both sides probably lost something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. They're just something about it. I was like, I really, really appreciate this. Yeah. I did think it was interesting so Benson's parents, also divorced, we've talked about. His mom does check in on his dad, her ex-husband, mm-hmm. periodically. I... Mm, <laughs> like, if I hadn't been born, my parents would not be keeping in touch at all. <laughs> like, Neither and even then, I. even after... The, they have not spoken probably since my college... Maybe my wedding, they said hi to each other. God, years ago. Yeah. Like, they... Uh, I I'm not used to any dynamic where you get divorced and then you still check in on the person. I think it can happen. I totally oh, yeah. do, especially if you have kids involved. I just it's not something you very much see. No, it's really not. Like I got to tell you like going to so my parents, my mom and stepdad got divorced right before I moved to New York or shortly after. It was around the same time and mm-hmm. so tensions were really high and everything. And like I knew through the grapevine that like they co-parented and that everything was like more or less okay, but I kind of pictured it as like Cold War Russia, mm. which is like where my mom and dad get to at best. Mm-hmm. And then to come home and go to like to move back home and to go to my brother's uh, tennis match, tennis tournament. And to see my parents joking around mm-hmm. like they did when they were married oh, wow. and to not see any tension and to like, it just, it's literally like they're just best friends. Wow. And not to say that they don't fight or that right. like they don't think that the other person did something stupid, mm-hmm. but it's literally like, it's, it's refreshing to see. Mm-hmm that people can realize that their relationship has changed and evolve and move on and be okay. Yeah. And like, I could see like, I, I, without a doubt, if my stepdad didn't have um, a long-term girlfriend at this point, um, would not be shocked to find out that my mother checked in on him more frequently Mm -hmm. or something like that Mm -hmm. uh, more than she does. Yeah. And so, like, I guess because of that, this, but my mother, I mean, my mother was in the process of getting ready to break up with my dad when she found out she was pregnant. So, like, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> they would not, now that my sister is, oh, my God, my sister's about to be 29. <laughs> they don't, they have no reason. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, these... They're kids. They're adults. Benson and his sister, they're both adults. Like, yeah, they don't really have a reason to. But his mom still checks in. And then when I I personally feel like he was a little ambushed by his family um, oh, at the he end. Very much was so. Yeah. When they show he gets like a text. He missed. A, he was asleep. Yes. So he missed a couple calls. And then he gets a text from I think it's his sister who says heads up on the way. Yes. Like on the way where I didn't invite you here. But OK. <laughs> so on the way, it's not it's it's her their mom and their dad. Yeah. Which and the I've... apology is kind of bullshit. In oh, my yeah. I have some hope for his dad because his dad's in therapy. Yes. So I which, do have like, some hope. Yes. 
because good. his dad's in therapy and it seems like he is he's doing the work right because yes. this that family while it was an ambush that family ambush was him doing the work um and we do get to see him and his dad interact again one-on-one after that i do mm-hmm. have some hope for his dad and like their relationship yeah i think that it'll be okay yeah oh man yeah. i read something this week that people who are in therapy are only in therapy to deal with the people who should be in therapy <laughs> that aren't or something like that. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, you're boy. not wrong. I mean, like mm. at this point, like when I started therapy um, the f- first time, like I, I needed to be in therapy and I needed to learn to deal with things. And I still do need to learn how to deal with things. But a lot of my issues stem from people that I'm like, if you went to therapy, <laughs> I would be OK. Right. And we would be OK. <laughs> yes. Yep. Our relationship would have some kind of surviving factor. Yes. <sighs> Anyways, that's just my thoughts on therapy. Everybody <laughs> should go to therapy yep. if I'm being real. Yep. I did like to, though, We Benson does get to basically yell at his family for yes. sort of just kind of abandoning him when he was diagnosed with HIV. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm glad he was able to get that out because it. It, that was something he was clearly like holding on to right. and like because who wouldn't like who wouldn't hold on to that that's when you would need mm-hmm. your family the most and they're like nope so nope, i'm glad he got to say to that force us to come to this realization that we just mm-hmm. don't want to deal with and and i like the fact that we don't find out that he's hiv positive until mm-hmm. like almost halfway through the book yeah, there's mention and of him taking his meds, but we don't know what it what, yeah. what they are. I mean, I was like, cool, you're on something for mm-hmm. probably anxiety. That was where my first thought Yeah. <laughs> and um, it never hit me. And, and, and I, I don't know if that's like more insight on me or if like someone who doesn't, I don't, what I'm trying to get to is I wonder if someone who isn't as inundated with like queer life would the first time he takes med go oh i bet he's hiv positive Mm. or aids or something like that yeah but i really like the fact that like it's this is not a book about a guy who has aids it's just a book where a guy has aids i don't know if that came across correct yeah like it's kind of like how it doesn't have to be about like it's kind of like we were talking about how people should, like, don't, you don't have to always read a book by a black author that makes a point. Yes. I think we said this last time. Like, it doesn't have to be the the work, like, how to be an anti-racist, although everyone should read it. Um, it doesn't always have to be that type of book. You can read, like, romance. You could read fiction. You could read sci-fi by people of color. It doesn't right. always have to be about, like, the struggle type exactly. of thing. So it's kind of like that where it just... Where like in those books, like the romance, yes, the characters are black, but it's not about the fact that they're black, right? So that's basically like this, like it's yes, he has right. HIV, but it's not just about it's not all that's not his, everything. Like there's even a moment early on where he's talking about like the first time that or he's hooking up with a guy and his dad walks in, mm-hmm. and something, and like I feel like there was maybe a mention of no condom, I don't remember, but mm. I remember being like, damn, he is really lucky he hasn't gotten anything. Mm. And to be fair, like people who are HIV positive, like there's enough medication, like enough research has been done to help them live a 
fairly regular happy life as long as mm-hmm. you can get on this medication which i'm sure is astronomical in cost and mm. that's a whole different story but yeah my point being is that it's not the death sentence that it was in the 90s right right <laughs> i just <clears throat> mike's mother who again my favorite character by the end of this book She's like downing four margaritas. And I was like, yes. Oh, yes. At the end. <laughs> Her talking and being like, if you guys would just communicate yes. what you want. Just fucking talk about it. And like she starts that conversation at the restaurant. Like, so what are you doing? And Mike's like, well, your flight's at this time tomorrow. And she's like, no, no. Not what I'm talking about. What are you two doing? Because yes. it's so she's like, like, fine. You guys aren't going to communicate. I'm going to make you communicate. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Does it work? No, but because no. <laughs> we're still left not knowing at the end what they're doing because yeah. Mike wants to go back to the bar that his dad left him. Although his dad gave him the option. He was like, it's left for you. Six months rent basically will be paid after I'm after I pass. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you decide if you want to keep going or not. Or I can leave it to Kunihiko. He can mm-hmm. he can take it. Um, or you could fuck me over and just sell it. You know, yeah. <laughs> like you have options. And so Mike does feel like he wants to explore that, the the bar. And he tells Benson and, like, he tells him in such a roundabout way of, like, you could come with me. But it's not saying, I want you yes. to come with me. Which is also what his mom did when she left to Japan. Right. She didn't flat out say. She, I think she said, what if I said you could mm-hmm. come with me? It's not, I want you to. Like, just, I want you to come with me. And there's something <laughs> like, am I not enough? And he's like, mm. well, you're not enough for me. Or f- I'm obviously not enough for you to stay. Mm-hmm. And man, that hit. Oh, that hit hard. Yeah. That and they both kind of were seeing. Okay. I'm also unclear how much if Mike was cheating before this. <sighs> there, from what I understand, uh, I'm reading this and I already want to read it again because there's so much mm-hmm. in this and the little details that I'm like, oh my God, did I pick up on this right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if either of them consider it cheating. And I don't know if Omar is considered cheating or not. Because it sounds like the way that Benson kind of discusses it, it's like they're in a poly relationship, but no boundaries were ever set. No, nothing was really and truly ever discussed. They didn't, like, he didn't say yes to it, mm. but he also didn't say no. And that was an answer in and of itself. So I don't know if Mike is cheating. I bet, per se. Maybe. But... Do they have a healthy open relationship? Absolutely not in the slightest. No. Because, like, I don't know. Like, when, like, early on, Benson talks about how he found a dick pic on Mike's phone. Yes. And he says something to him before he leaves, I think, or in one of those maybe flashbacks of, of, like, you cheating or sleeping around on me. And Mike's like, oh, this again? And I still was unclear if he actually was. Yeah. Before I'm, he left for Japan. Like, he didn't sleep with anyone. Like, he literally slept with Tan in Japan. Like, they literally slept. But they didn't hook up. They didn't hook up. Yeah. Whereas Ben did hook up with Yes, Omar. Omar. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I really, I don't. Mm-hmm. It's so, the way that Benson talks about their relationship does really make seem like it seemed like Mike, Benson was who he loved but wasn't enough. And needed the relationship to be open for that. Mm-hmm. But also, then we get Mike's point of view where, like, Benson was enough. Right. So Although then, know. like, 
Because they both say, like, I was kind of seeing someone. Well, I think Benson Benson says it first. I was seeing someone, and Mike was like, yeah, me too, kind of. And Mike wants to meet Omar. And so yeah. they do. Like, and it's not like, I'm angry at you for hooking up with my boyfriend while I was in Japan. It's a yeah. very pleasant and civil, maybe a little awkward, but But it's also, like, interaction. Are they considering themselves broken up at this point? I don't know. <laughs> because Mike says, I want you to be happy. I feel like that he yes. does flat out say that to, to Benson. But Benson's like sobbing in the kitchen to his mom about how much yes. he loves Mike. Like, I don't, I truly am like, I don't, what is Which, going on here? Right. Which was another very touching moment. Oh, oh my God. I cried. One other part that really got to me was when, um, so Ahmad is the kid from the daycare who's not dealing so well with his parents divorcing and he's staying with his older brother, Omar. So when Omar calls him, calls Benson because Ahmad's like not really talking to him. Like he's doing, so, he's being Ahmad, like he's being Ahmad. So he goes to their apartment with the food that he was making with Mike's mom, which was so mm-hmm. cute. Um, and Ahmad's just laying on the floor, face down, says he's thinking. And when Benson lays down next to him, that's when the kid starts to cry. And I was just like, this, like that, first of all, just taking the time to get on the kid's literal level on the floor. But, like, that was just – it was very touching. No, yeah. Like, Benson, like, truly seems to, like, have a grasp on, like, kids are smarter than you give credit – give them credit for and pick up more than you give them credit for. Because he, like, literally – he's like, you just have to remind the kid that he is important to you. And he's like, I don't think I want – that's what he wants. And he's like, no, he can't articulate that. Right. But it is what he wants. I think it helps, too, that Benson's parents are divorced. So, like, he knows what yes. that feels like. Yes. Know. Yeah. But, yes, those two need to communicate better. Because the other thing that drove me nuts was when Mike got to Japan, there wasn't a, I landed in Japan text. Right. There wasn't, you know, my plane didn't crash phone call. <laughs> like, and to be fair, like, he explains that where, like, he got fucking lost. And then was like, I haven't His phone did die. Him. Yeah. But, like... I personally, this is me, like the times I've driven to Connecticut without George, I've let him know once I got there. Like, and if my phone was dying or dead, like it was for Mike, I'd be plugging it in as soon as possible to be like, hey, I'm still alive. Everything's fine. I got to my destination. Same. I am very much built that way. Like my roommate just texted me, hey, I'm running out. Just so you know. Yes. This communication. But yeah. That doesn't happen. And then at the same time, there is no frantic text to Mike of, did you land okay? Did you make it to your dad's? Are you okay? Yeah, no. Like, they just, it's everything I hate about how guys communicate. And I'm like, I don't understand. They're both doing it. (laughs) Anybody could think, like, that liking the same sex is considered, like, a choice because, like, man, I would never choose to put myself in that kind of relationship where I'm like, you must... Oh, oh. wait a second. Oh, fuck. I saw um, a tweet. I think I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. It was something like, name something that's like a mental illness but actually isn't, and someone's response was dating men. Oh, my God. <laughs> dating I straight men. <laughs> I feel that in my bones. Oh, made me laugh a lot. <laughs> I feel that in my bones. I'm sorry. Yep. I just, I'm like, uh, yep, nope, yep. Yeah. Oops. Um, so, yes, the lack of communication and then also, like, the physicality of their fights, which it becomes not surprising when we learn more about 
their upbringing like yes. benson's dad getting drunk and like throwing his mom against the wall and mom in turn stabbing him with a fork mm-hmm. and then um mike's dad drinking and also putting his hands on their on his mom like it's not surprising but it's still like oh please stop throwing things at each other and yeah hitting like shoving each other yeah like that's clearly how they were shown to handle this and then like it almost always ends with them having sex like this yeah. is how they communicate and that right. is not healthy it's not and that's how it's been for quite a while now in this relationship yes. Yes. But I love then, like, towards the end where he's like, the times that we've said I love you, I can count mm. on both hands and I don't need all of my fingers. And right. I was like, oh, I feel that. But it, I think it's telling that he specifically remembers all of them. Yes. And can describe them in detail. Yes. I know it's a book, but. <laughs> like, but still, like. Yeah. There are people like that in this world. Yeah. I mean, it's very easy to remember, like, the first I love you from someone. Sure. But the fifth, the sixth, the seventh, the tenth. Granted, I know if you don't say it all the time. Right. Sure. But still. Right. No, it's, it's, I love this. Every, it is, it hits a lot of the issues I have in my own personal life. Which I know it does for you, too. Mm-hmm. And that's what made this, like, a really intense kind of hard read in a different yeah. kind of way. hmm Yeah. Because, like, like, for, like, I haven't really talked about... I think I mentioned it on the podcast about my dog was diagnosed with leukemia last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's been on a steroid and it's been helping. It's been working except for the last few, like three weeks now. He hasn't really wanted to eat his food. And basically I found out this week it's either the cancer's progressed or he has another one, unfortunately. So I know. So we're going to try like a chemo pill that I, oh God, which <laughs> he also doesn't really want to take pills. That's, but to, I was happy about today because he wanted to eat and I was able to hide it all in food. So. I saw this on TikTok, which, by the way, TikTok is, like, teaching me everything this year. Um, put it in the middle of a strawberry, apparently. Oh, I haven't tried this. Wait, is that the one with the hot vet? Yes, where he's, like, <laughs> looking at the cheese and the peanut butter, and he's like, well, fuck. <laughs> Did you share that? Someone shared it on Facebook, because I'm I not on TikTok, but I definitely saw it, and I was like, oh, because you cute. Let's keep watching. Yes. <laughs> um, I don't give him much... I don't really give him any human food anymore okay. because of his sensitive stomach. Um, he le- he just he he used to love his food. He was getting a uh, kibble with a mix of wet like the the science diet uh, mm-hmm. sensitive stomach one, and he wasn't really wanting to eat it. But today he looked like he really wanted to do too. And yesterday I for sure got him to take the chemo pill because Friday I'm not sure if he ate half of it and spit the rest out and I stepped on it or if he spit the whole thing out without me looking. Oh no! But yeah, that was a whole thing. That is something so. I really worry about, like, if Charlie or I guess maybe when, because I feel like that's kind of everybody. Anyways, mm-hmm. um, he when he got fixed, mm-hmm. he would not take his painkiller. He would surprisingly oh. take the, like, antibiotic, but he would not take the painkiller. He'd hmm. spit it out. Like, I'd put it in cheese. I'd put it in peanut butter. And this bastard of a dog would look at me. <laughs> Like his lips, like eat all his peanut butter yeah. and then spit the pill back out. Yeah. So- and Benadryl. Like I give him Benadryl, Benadryl to fly. Yeah. And there's nothing that I can hide it in oh that he God. will eat. 
Like, I literally have to be like, jaw open, shove it down your throat, close the mouth. Close and like, wait. Yep. Which I think is easier on a big dog because that's a bigger mouth. I understand the teeth are sharper and stuff. Yes. But man, my dog's tongue takes up so much of his mouth. Yes. I had to do. Oh, have you ever given him a liquid medicine? Nope. That shit's not fun. Oh, so my God. So I tried, they, the oncologist wanted me to try this pill form of an appetite stimulant, and it wasn't really doing anything. So he was like, we're going to prescribe a liquid one. So I was like, okay. And then I was like, fuck, I have to give you a liquid. <laughs> so it's a, it's a syringe that like, and I Googled or YouTubed how to do it. And these vets, the dogs were just sitting there very pleasantly. And one said to put it in the space between the canine tooth and the one behind it. Okay. And to just slowly and these dog the dog was great about it another one said to put it like in the mouth like down the side of the mouth and again that dog just sat there very pleasantly my dog turns into like a bucking bull <laughs> when it's time to do this and also i don't think tastes very good probably um no i can't and it tell didn't you really any help. liquid medication that i think tastes good yeah. so yeah that shit was terrible so but for the chemo pill i have to be careful because i need to wear gloves like it's chemo like i need right. to not get i need to reduce my exposure to it so i have to wear gloves wash my hands after i give it to him so i was like all right i tried to hide it in two pills and he ate it and i was like awesome i gave him more pills uh-huh. and more kibble and he ate those and i was like great and then I was doing something else, and all of a sudden I looked down. I'm like, what's this on the ground? I don't know when he spit out that blue chemo pill, but it was at some point. Like, I'm like, did you hide it under your tongue, and you took all the rest of them? Because those are not on the floor. Yeah. The number of times that you're like, my dog's not the brightest, and then you give him pills, and then you find out yep. how bright your dog is. Yep. Yep. But I was able to hide it in his wet food today because he did want that. So I was like, awesome. Charlie won't eat wet food. It's an interesting really? thing. We just got new food this week. Yeah. And huh. he rolled around on it, very excited, ate some of it um, two days ago. God, I ate a little bit. My dog's weird about food. And also, like, he's had too much people food throughout his life. Like, this, mm. I understand that this is my doing and my fault. <laughs> but he also got a plaid um, collar, and I'm very excited. And he won't Cute. let me take pictures of it. <gasps> he doesn't like pictures. He's just like, I don't know. My dog is fucking wild i i do feel like chief brody gets annoyed with me with all the pictures but i'm like there's gonna be more because i'm like i feel like this is an indication of we're getting towards the end which i gotta say the vets i really like our oncologists Uh like the vets they've all been super supportive like that's good i I personally feel like i got an extra year with him at the very least because we're at that year it was a year ago in november it was when he was diagnosed um god that was such a rough time yeah yeah it was <laughs> um, why am i telling you this yep Ooh. but reading this about like mike's dad who has cancer and he's dying and like he knows he is and he doesn't want chemo he doesn't want like treatment he just wants to like do this on his own terms so basically his doctor um just comes to like make him comfortable and check mm-hmm. on him and they keep they they know what to like look out for um, that was a little hard to read with everything that's been going on with Chief Brody this week. So. I'm so sorry. It's okay. It's okay. A lot more tears earlier in the week. I'm, I feel <laughs> like I'm doing much better and coming to terms with things. You know, He's just the freaking cutest. I just... <laughs> <sighs> I love Chief Brody so much and I've never met him. You know, I know. Damn COVID. I know. Although I wasn't going to bring him to New York when we were going to come this summer. <laughs> no, I know. But like, I had all these plans like... For anybody who doesn't know me, um, I had I was planning to move back to Georgia um, pre-COVID, and 
the plan was one last year in New York and like was starting to make this list of things that like I wanted to do. Hadn't been to Vermont, hadn't gone to Sleepy Hollow, really only had gone to Rhode Island to go to a train stop. So like I had plans, was going to come see you, mm-hmm. go to Maine That's one right. last time, all these other things in the city that I wanted to see. And then COVID I was happened. coming to New York. Yeah, exactly. Yes. My and then we even thought we were going to maybe get one in before you moved in July. Cause you're like, maybe yes. things will lighten up in May or June. And it was like, nope, <laughs> no. Seriously, all the plans. Yeah. Best no, like, plans. um, like my God, Olivia, who is my stepdad's girlfriend's oldest daughter, um, graduated in May and they were supposed to come up to New York and I was mm. going to take a couple days off and do like a food trip with them. Mm-hmm. And that clearly didn't happen. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, yeah. But it's cool because, like, I was really bummed about leaving my job and, like, now I still have – it's, you know, some good has yeah. come out of it. It's just – Right. You know. All right. We have to, like, try to find the silver linings where we can. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully it'll be done soon. Is there announcing yeah. a vaccine? Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Anything else about this book that we want to get into? I will say again, I know I said this last episode, but um, if you do this, it does not have quotation marks, which like Mm. isn't like you'll get used to it, but just you got to give it a little bit of time. Yeah, it will throw it might throw you off a little bit. But yeah, yeah, you like you said, you do get used to it. Um. Mm -mm. Like that's the biggest complaint about this book that I have seen. Yeah. I wonder why. Do you know why? Why he does that? I don't. Like mm. I, I, Cormac McCarthy doesn't do it either, and I don't. Mm. I don't know why that's a style choice. No. I think the only other thing that I did want to say that was really sweet. It kind of touched around it was when we get when Mike is remembering the things um, growing up, like the good times with his dad. Mm-hmm. He when he talks about how like everyone says he has his dad's ears, and when he was a kid, he couldn't go to sleep without his dad. Like giving him a kiss goodnight but on his ears i just thought that was the sweetest yes. thing <laughs> kids are so the cute. sweetest yeah i feel like we didn't get that many memories of benson's that are positive like that no we really didn't um yeah. which is unfortunate but i also feel like benson in some ways was a little bit more closed off yeah um and just kind of not necessarily lived in the present more, but just was like, things are how they are. And that's fine. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. Although we do get like when he's like drinking with his sister, like yes. a memory of that, like little things like that. But it, we didn't get touching stuff like Mike's dad kissing him on his ears. Right. Or the trip that him and his parents took when he was a kid. Yeah. Um, I mean, his mom, like, even he calls his mom at one point and she's like, I'm busy or something. And it's. Yeah. Like, my parents would never talk to me like yeah. that. If they're busy, it's a different way of saying it. Yeah. And then it's, I'm going to call you back. And uh, I can't talk to you right now. I'm busy. Especially when you, family. like, made him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lots of feelings about that. Yeah. I did also feel some kind of way about his mom and his sister expecting him to help with because their dad or just not doing well, like drinking too much um, that he they expected him to go help. And I'm just like, this is the man who kicked him out when you found mm-hmm. out that he was HIV positive and he's supposed to go help. Like, that's that's there, some bold expectations there. 
there is I, I do wonder if that is like a southern thing because I think Brian Washington is from Texas if I remember mm-hmm. correctly um, and that's almost something like that my dad like which is wild in and of itself like where it's like no matter what family still comes first or something like that which is wild because he doesn't speak to his own mother but whatever mm. like but yeah like I could see him pulling that yeah I don't know. Mm. Families, man, they're a mess. Right. And then very much like Mike's dad, when he does go, they're both, both dads are like, I don't need you here. And it's like, well, clearly you do. Yes. (laughs) Clearly you need someone here. But I like that Benson's dad is like, if I had said that I needed help, he's like, then I wouldn't be here. Yeah. I just, I really like Mike's mom and Benson's relationship. I just yes. want to reiterate that again, like this entire book and how that friendship progresses. And mm-hmm. like, she kisses him goodbye. Oh, it's like, so, so the opposite of the hello that he didn't get when they picked yes. her up. It's just so stinking sweet. Yeah. Okay. All right, so before we get into what we're going to be reading next, what are we going to be reading between the podcast? For me, I would like to hopefully finish, but definitely I will keep going with um, reading Cast. That is a big book. Like, it I, is a big yeah. book. <laughs> yeah. I remember that coming in and me being like, damn, what, what yeah. is this? Yeah. So I um, I also, I don't know if I'm going to have time to do this, but I do kind of want to listen to Earthcore again. <laughs> yes. Okay. Like, let's. Uh, huh, so um, what's really. Well, okay. We'll get to that in a second. Yeah. 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 So what are you reading that's not for, for JBC? <laughs> um, so if you are like me and really like Christmas movies um, and things like that, and also just like looking for anything positive this year, I really, really recommend Dash and Lily on Netflix. It's, I think, eight episodes. They're about half an hour each. It is just a fucking Christmas delight, especially <laughs> um, if you have ever been to New York in the winter and or just like it's on your bucket list or something like that. Like for me, like I love Christmas in New York, but also like deeply realize how lonely that time was for me. Um, because my family is all down south and um, just uh, there's a lot of factors into that. But like one of my favorite memories is walking the Fifth Avenue lights and um, getting to the end of that at Central Park. And then it started snowing. And like you can't fucking like that is just New York. So it is really, really cute um, Christmas romance, but also like fucking New York at Christmas. And apparently it's a trilogy of books. (laughs) So I went and bought them. From the used bookstore, I found the first two, and then the third one came out like a week or two ago. Um, so I'm gonna be doing those because I need something really light and cheesy right now. Cool. Um, so I'm really, really excited about those, and of course my continuing saga with Addie Larue. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. I did add it to my Netflix list, so I will report back. I may wait yes. until because I do want to go through, finish going through all the Bob's Burgers Thanksgiving episodes. Totally understandable. And I, I don't know if I'm going to get to it. I did, so I have started my Buffy rewatch. Same. I'm, where are you in your rewatch? Um, the one where the demon and the computer. Oh shit! Okay, so I'm in season three. Okay. <laughs> 
I will likely like. I, I really kept going. That's okay because I was like, I started it and then I really wanted to watch like Netflix keeps me like, hey, we have updated our holiday stuff and I'm like, damn, okay. Uh. Um, so like it really takes me turning on and turning on Hulu to be like, oh yeah, that's right, everyone's watching Buffy. Right, so. yes, Hulu. Yes. Um, I'm at like Angel's Back, like the Glove of Minigun, Minigun. Oh uh, yes. Yeah, Faith's new watcher. Like that was the episode I just finished. Um. So I'm like, maybe I was like, can I get to the Thanksgiving Buffy episode before Thanksgiving? I actually maybe. might at this at this trajectory. Yes. <laughs> so, because the, what started this was because I was like, oh, I didn't watch any of the Buffy Halloween episodes. And I was like, all right, uh, which yes. one do I want to watch? And then I was like, oh, I'll watch that. But I was like, oh, I kind of want to watch that episode, too. And that episode. And I was like, you know what that means? I'm <laughs> just going to start it up. Yes. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Fucking Xander. I feel like I rewatched something. Oh, we um, so I had started Lovecraft Country, but only watched the first three episodes, and then um, my roommate moved in, and we added it to after his dark materials. So we actually mm-hmm. watched the first four episodes this week. Oh, okay, um, and it is so good. Oh, okay, cool. Yes, dark. Okay. So wait, is that the one with James McAvoy? No, that his dark materials is the one with James McAvoy. Okay, that one. Okay, Lovecraft Country has Jeanette, uh, not Jeanette. Um, Journey. Yes. Yes. Small, uh, small, eh? small, yeah, 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 um, yeah, cool. So, hmm. we are coming up on our last few episodes. Um, I think we have two more this year, yeah, two more this year, and um, surprisingly, both are going to fit into our uh yearly <laughs> challenge. See, that's we, what I'm saying. We are We're still to, doing the challenge. We are <laughs> going to do a book that is uh, that debuts in December. We are actually going to do a book that debuts, and I'm going to try to get it out on the day that it debuts. Hopefully, Ooh. so um, we'll see. It may be the day after, <laughs> knowing yeah. me and my mental states. We'll see. Yeah. Um, but then the other one that is on our list is like a book that like took a decade for the sequel to write or something, and I really truly didn't think we would get it this year right but scott sigler did announce that mount fitzroy is going to release december 3rd and that is wild <laughs> um so we will be doing again two more newer releases for the end of this year to kind of wrap up which is really kind of cool yeah. Um, so and that is why I kind of want to listen to Earthcore again. Yes. Like, That's a lot. <laughs> that is a lot, but I think I'm going to have to do it anyways to just remember any of it. I mean, you could listen to the podcast. I could listen about. to the like, podcast, but uh, yeah. I know. But then I'm also like, maybe if I listen to it again, like maybe I can ask George if he wants to listen to it. We could like do a puzzle. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. You know, spend some time. That's a good idea. I got to get a new puzzle. <laughs> oh, man, did you see the one that I got recently? Yes. My God, looks so good. <laughs> We're insane. Um, so what we are reading next is another Alyssa Cole book because Yay. if we stand anybody, it's Alyssa Cole. Yes, yes, it yes, yes. Is the first book of the Runaway Royal series, which is a spinoff of her last series that I'm totally blanking on. Um, Reluctant Royals. That Royal. one, Reluctant yeah. Royals. So it is How to Catch a Queen. Uh, this book will release on December 1st. Um, we did get an advanced copy of it, so I'm very, very excited to talk Yay. about this book. It's also a yellow cover, which I don't know if we... Oh. I think we did, but, like, this did fits we? in in so many ways. It's perfect. Exactly. So, She's perfect. Um, that is what we'll be reading next to kind of 
really, really have something light and fun, which I'm really excited about. I just, like, December should be light and fun. Yes. Although, I'm telling you, if Angus is still alive oh. during Mount, in Mount Fitzroy, I'm going to be complaining a lot nope, during our recording. Totally valid. <laughs> there will be lots of yelling. So, um, thank you for joining us this week, listeners. I don't know where the fuck I'm going with this. <laughs> Uh, um, part of the certain POV. Yep, that's yeah. where I was headed next. <laughs> um, we are part of the certain POV network. You should go check out the website, which we link in the show notes, to check out some other podcasts with unique takes and ideas and um, points of view of different medias and culture. Um, I was about to say culture icons. Wow, my brain. Um, I was up really late last night and it is starting to <laughs> kick in. So, but yeah, go check out our network. Um, so many freaking great podcasts, so many great people. I'm sure we will have someone on again soon from the network. Um, but yeah, you can find us on all the social media at JBC Podcast. Uh, we will be back in two weeks to discuss Alyssa Cole's How to Catch a Queen. And until then, Keep sporting your local libraries. <laughs>